Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. This is the Monday Morning Confident Coaches Call. Huge shout out to all of you who are joining us live this morning. Thank you. I know for, for many of you, it's it's quite the the feat for you to be on the live call. So I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, and then also just a shout out to all of you listening to the recording. Thank you. Thank you for setting aside time in your schedule and um, showing up. I really appreciate that. All right, so today, um, just as a preface before we get going, man, it has been a Monday morning already. Let me just tell you that um, I have had, in the last half hour, so many technical difficulties. Um, I finally got to to get through some of the, the brainstorming methods of, of actually making it on the call, and I'm actually recording. So um, let me just tell you, if I could spend the whole half hour telling you all the crazy things that have happened, um, you wouldn't even believe me, okay? <laughs> so I say that because we're talking a little bit this morning about um, change. We're talking about how to help other people change, and we're really going to focus a little bit on fear and, and stress and, and this idea of problem solving. Um, and so I, I was just kind of chuckling to myself as, as I was trying to figure all of this out. It was one of those weird moments where you're, you're trying to figure it out, and also at the same point time, you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about this today. Like, there's just a... There's something that happens in the life of a speaker, teacher, trainer that um, whatever you're teaching on has a way of coming to haunt you, okay? All right, so this call, for those of you who are unfamiliar or who are listening to the recording, maybe on the podcast, and you're like, what, what is this whole Monday morning live teaching call thing? Well, this particular call is for... Uh, folks who are in a coaching or supportive role, such as um, maybe you're in education and you're a curriculum coach, right? Uh, it could be for sports coaching as well. Um, however, it's, you know, we're not going to teach you how to play baseball here, okay? Um, it's really for what we call performance coaching, so helping other people walk through that change process and get better at whatever it is that they need to get better at. Okay, um, it's also geared towards people who are in a leadership role who are wanting to use coaching practices to empower their staff. So if that's one of you, perfect, welcome. And if it's not, maybe it will be someday, right? Okay, so today specifically, I really want to focus on those leaders who want to inspire their people, okay? So we're not necessarily going to talk about coaching methods or practices today. We're going to focus more on why change is difficult. Uh, I'm going to give you a few fundamentals of the brain and mindset. And uh, I'm going to share with you four big fears people have around change. All right? Are you ready? Okay, you're going to want to take notes for this one today. All right. So leading people through change is often challenging, especially if you've never done it before. Uh, you think it's no big deal. Uh, it, it's a minefield, honestly. So people don't naturally resist change, but being changed. Okay, so those are two different things. Uh, I remember a cartoon a long time ago so somebody in the, it was a speaker talking to an audience, and so the speaker standing from stage and says, um, 
you know, how many of you want change? And every single person in the audience raised their hand. And then he said, how many of you want to change? And nobody raised their hand. And I think that always kind of sticks in my mind to remind me that everybody wants change. They want something to be different. They want something to be better, right? There's there's something inside us that seeks um, better and more and fuller expression and expansion, right? And when it comes to the actual you have to change in order to make that happen, very few people want to kind of enter into that realm. Okay, so we want all of the benefits, so the result, the outcome, the goal, right? But it's difficult once you have to put the hard work in. So one thing that that I often talk about with my coaching clients um, when we're doing our very first intake call and kind of describing, you know, this is the coaching relationship, um, especially for somebody who has never entered into that, it can be a little different. Uh, I remember going through my coaching tra- training through the John Maxwell team and uh, them describing to me several things that happened when I was in my first coaching relationship. And I thought, oh man, I would have loved to know that when I was in that coaching relationship because it would have made me feel better. So, for example, Um, there's one thing that we often talk about um, in the coaching relationship when you first begin or or when you're leading a a staff member or you're first starting on this change, right? Everything in the beginning is exciting, right? Oh, yes, I'm going to make this goal. I'm going to, oh, this is awesome, right? And you come back and maybe you've done something and you you come back to the the coach and you say, okay, this is what I did. And you're starting to see some momentum, right? This is what I call the honeymoon effect. So this lasts anywhere from four to six weeks, okay? And then after that is when things start to get a little more difficult. Just think about it for yourself. Have you ever tried to make a health decision? You know, do something to get healthier, such as, um, you know, eating better food, sleeping more at night, drinking more water, whatever that might be. and You do that for, you know, the first week, maybe the first two weeks, or maybe if you're like me, the first day, right? And and you're all gung-ho for it. You're you're using your uh, willpower, right? And then after a certain amount of time, things start to fall apart, right? And, And there's something that I explained to my coaching clients. I said, listen, fear is coming for you. It may not be here right now. And for some people, it, it, it is there. It's, it's ever present, right, from the beginning all the way to the end, right, when you reach your goal. But the point is that, that you fear is coming for you. We call it our monster X. So we, we talk about monster X being that fear um, that, that kind of tries to tell you, you know, who are you? Who do you think you are? Um, you know, let's say you're, you're going to go for that, that dream job right? Who do you think you are? They're not going to hire you, right? You know, that self-talk that that monster tries to talk to you about, right? So ultimately, um, between weeks four and seven, and I found this to be true with every single one of my coaching clients and also with me, and it kind of comes in a cycle, so you don't get over it just once. You got to do it over and over. 
monster X comes for you, so that's your fear, and it tries to tell you something. And if you can kind of fight with that fear a little bit and get over that hump, then all of a sudden you're in this place of, ah, yes, see, I can do this, okay? It's important for you to understand this because when you're walking somebody through change, whether they tell you or not, they will have fear that comes. So if you know that ahead of time, you can know it's a normal part of the process. It's coming, so you can be on the lookout for it. And you can create a plan ahead of time and how you're going to help and support them. Okay? And I would highly recommend, especially if you're in a coaching relationship, that you share with this person, hey, listen, I know that you know things are going really great right now. And just so that you're aware, this fear thing is a normal process. I think it's important to hear that it's normal before it happens so that when it does, there's uh, less of a hit to your self-image, okay? All right, so let me share with you four very common fears when it comes to walking people through change. So the first one is that doing something new feels awkward and self-conscious, okay? It just feels weird. So if you don't think so, let's do a little experiment. Now, if you're able to, and you can do this safely, I would like you to try this. Um, if you're driving, please do not, okay? So if you're able to, go ahead and cross your arms in front of you, okay? Cross your arms and do it really good like you're telling somebody no, okay? All right, now look down at your arms. Which arm is on the top? Is it your right arm or is it your left arm? Okay. I, I, listen, I've done this with dozens and hun actually hundreds of people in live presentations. So I know that some people are saying right and some people are saying left. So which one is correct? Well, both and or neither. Okay. Now, go ahead and do this. Cross the other arm, go ahead and cross your arms, but put the other one on top. All right, how does that feel? Ah, it feels really weird, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Why does it feel weird? Because you've never done it before, right? It's a new way of doing something. So it makes you feel awkward and self-conscious. Now, Here's one thing I know, because I've done this in hundreds of presentations, I've gotten really good at crossing my arms either way. So right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm literally going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, okay? Because I've had so much practice with it, my brain has built new neural pathways that says, hey, Michelle, guess what? When you cross your arms, you get to choose. Which way do you want? Now, which way do you think is the most comfortable? You're right. It's still the way that I learned the first time, okay? Now, let me just throw this kind of monkey wrench into this, but how did you figure out which arm you were going to have on top? Do you remember making that decision? Yeah, probably not. Um, somewhere in the range of 15 months to 26 months is usually where children learn how to cross their arms. It usually comes in uh, the same uh, time frame as a child learns how to say the word no, okay, uh, and also probably stomp their feet. 
But the point is that when you did it the first time, you're like, yeah, this is how I cross my arms, right? And then you did it the second time, probably the same way, because that's how you remembered it from before. And by the third, fourth, and fifth time that you crossed your arms, all of a sudden, you have built a program in your mind, this is how I cross my arms, okay? It's really, really important to understand that because our conscious brain, which is our thinking brain, right, and our subconscious brain, which is our programmed brain, so once you download a program into your subconscious, it's there, and it's there forever. So I will always cross my arms with my left arm on top. It will always feel more comfortable to me. However, I can choose to use my conscious thinking brain to cross my right arm on top. And while it's getting more comfortable for me as time goes on, it may not be as comfortable as the, the other arm. Does that make sense? See, it's, it's really, really important for you to understand that when you're working with somebody and they're walking through a change, they are literally trying to build a new neural pathway, which means they are also trying to, in essence, fight the old pathways. Okay, so it's not just creating this change, it's fighting against what they've always known before. They are recreating a new program. Okay, if you'd like to know more about uh, some of these terms as far as mindset goes, please look up Bruce Lipton, L-I-P-T-O-N, on YouTube. He's got some amazing videos out there. Um, he's also one of my favorite authors. He's written The Honeymoon Effect and Biology of Belief. But if you're not a reader and you want to catch some quick, quick uh, videos, check them out on YouTube, okay? So if you know that doing something new feels awkward and self-conscious, so we've talked about before how we want to have somebody give us their commitment level, right? So when they say, hey, this is what I want to do this week for my goal, we say, how committed are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, how committed are you? Um, and so we want to continue to check in with them about their commitment level. Notice, I did not say check in with them about how well they are performing because especially as, as weeks 4 to 6 come on, what happens is that there can be kind of a, um, a step back, right? Maybe they've made some great improvements, but then that fear comes for them. And so there's a step back, and they may not be at performing as well. However, if you can get them focused on how committed they are to that change, then they're going to continue to be committed, and they're going to be able to work that out, okay? All right, so fear number two, people focus on what they have to give up or sacrifice, okay? That you want to help them focus on what they're gaining instead. So, so you know, let's say you, you're doing something in order to lose weight, okay? Most people, they, they jump on fad diets. Um, you know, I, I have a a dear friend of mine, I love her to death. Uh, she does some crazy things. She's on um, day 22 of an all-liquid diet. And she says she swears by it. She's lost about 10 pounds. I said, hey, that's fine. I just like to chew my food. Um, 
But whatever that fad is, right, it can only last for so long. So, for example, with her, I'm looking at her going, okay, three weeks in, great. Is this like a lifestyle thing? And she says, oh, no. I said, okay, well, what do you think is going to happen when you go back to chewing your food? So this fad diet might work for a little bit, but it's not going to work in the long run. Okay? When people focus on what they have to give up or sacrifice, it's usually entering in that willpower stage. So I like to help my clients and the people that I lead focus on uh, what they're gaining. So for example, if they're making a health decision, um, maybe they're looking at the kinds of food that they're eating, right? So we might focus on um, mindfulness when you're eating. You know, what does your what does your food actually taste like? What's the texture like? What does it smell like? Is it hot? Is it cold, right? So getting in touch with that. Um, also, talking about energy, right? So as you go through and you're making these changes in your health, what's your energy level like? It should be going up. And then we, we focus on uh, what about moving your body? You know, how is it different to move your body now than it was before, right? So really what we're trying to do is get them in touch with the things that they are gaining by making this change, okay? See, one of my favorite quotes, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So that says, what you focus on, you get more of. So if you're focusing on the things that you are gaining, guess what? You're going to have this increased motivation to continue on. And if you focus on the things that you're giving up, pretty soon you're going to say, you know what, this isn't worth it. Make sense? Okay, fear number three, people are afraid of being ridiculed being judged, being shamed, okay? Uh, this can happen for any and every kind of change, from something small to the biggest thing that you can think of, okay? People have a fear of being called out by somebody else uh, and judged. This is an easy one to fix. Uh, well, I say easy, maybe not easy, but simple, okay? So the fix for this fear is to show mercy, grace, compassion, and encouragement. Now, uh, I can say from my own experience, having had uh, a staff of, of 30 or more people at one time, it's really a struggle or a challenge at times to step back and let people be on their journey, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, when you're looking at a staff member and you're like, oh my gosh, I really need you to step it up in this area, right? And you're working with them and you know they're on a journey, but yet you want them to be farther along, right? So remind yourself that we're all on a journey. Some people are farther on their journey in one area of their life than they are in another. So it's okay to be wherever they are. And when you honor, this is where you are right now, and this is how we're going to get to the next step, what you do is you use the, the power of this mercy and encouragement 
to actually propel them faster on their journey. Because what keeps them standing still in their journey is this fear of being judged. So if you come in and you kind of tell them, hey, you should be farther, right? They feel judged. That fear is going to paralyze them. So the thing that you want is for them to move along on their journey. However, you're focusing on them not moving. So remember, what you focus on, you get more of, right? So if you really want the solution to the problem, the solution is to show mercy, encouragement, and grace as they're growing, okay? And then fear number four, many times people personalize the change and they feel alone in the process. Okay, I, I just want you to take a moment right now and think about that for yourself. When was the last time you needed to make a change or maybe you had a, a problem or an issue or a challenge in your life? And, and did you feel alone in that? See, you're never the only one ever making a change, right? But sometimes it feels like that. I've worked with organizations before helping them walk through some strategic planning, and there's 25 people in, in the board that we're working on, and one person is just like, it's just being what some people would term a difficult person. And after doing some investigation, talking to her a little bit, I realized that, you know, she had a pretty significant part in this whole change process. Her role basically was going to uh, change drastically. And she was feeling very alone, like she was the only one that had to make a change. And so with her permission, we kind of came to some people in the group and we had a, a, a lovely conversation where everybody talked about how this change was going to affect them. And she got to hear from other people, oh, okay, I'm not alone in this. Okay, so what I try to do is I get, try to get my coaching clients connected with others or each other as soon as possible so they see that they aren't the only one. So if I'm going to an event and, and I've got some coaching clients that I know are there, I want to get them connected to each other. Now, first of all, it's just a good networking tip, right, and building relationships, but it's also very strategic on my part because I want them to talk about this process of being coached by Michelle. Now, what they think is that they're talking about, oh, you know, Michelle's great and she's helping me do this and that and, you know, the other. But what it always kind of leads into is the process of coaching and change. Okay, that's really what I want them to focus on. So when, you, when you're working with folks, um, even if maybe, maybe you have a dozen staff and they all have their own individual plans, they're not really working on a change together, but you could bring them together at regular times and say, all right, I just want everybody to kind of report on what they're working on. Okay, it dispels the myth that you're alone because think about that. If, you're, if you feel alone, if you feel isolated, you're going to be paralyzed. You're not going to have that motivation to continue on to make that change. Okay? Now, the biggest key to remember in all of this, and if this is the only thing you get from this whole call, 
I want you to write this one down, okay? And for those of you who are listening to the recording or maybe you're joining us live and, and you're driving and you can't take notes, totally understandable. About minute 24 into the recording, you want to start it back here so you can write this down, okay? All right, the biggest key is we overestimate the change event and underestimate the process. We overestimate the change event and underestimate the process. So what does that mean? Well, in essence, it means that what we tend to do as human beings is we tend to focus on the thing we want. So for example, if you want to lose 10 pounds, you're going to focus on the scale, right? If you want to build your dream home, you're going to focus on the final product. If you want to go back to school, you're going to focus on um, the the final degree. Just as a side note, I just had this, had this uh, thought. So a dear friend of mine is graduating in just a few days. She's getting her PhD. I'm so proud of her. And she had uh, a little photo shoot. And she turned it in. It's just like uh, a, like a baby announcement. So she posed with her dissertation um, wrapped up in a baby blanket and she had this whole photo sheet. It was, it was just adorable. Um, but huge shout out to, to Kelly. You're awesome. You're amazing. Thank you for blazing the trail and I'm right behind your girl, okay? So we overestimate the change event. So we say, oh, this is, the focus should be all on this, right? And we underestimate the process that leads us to that event. So for example, if you're gonna be losing that 10 pounds, if we focused more on the things it takes to lose those pounds, rather than the end result, then maybe we could go even farther than 10 pounds, right? If we focused on what am I learning about myself, about others, about this process of building this house, right? Um, maybe you could turn that into a skill you can use later. For me, I feel like I've been in school absolutely forever, like my whole life, um, but I have learned so much about myself. And, and lately, because of the process of writing a dissertation, I have learned a lot about how I handle criticism and feedback, okay? And so this is an area for me to grow. So yes, of course, I'm looking to being done, right? That's my ultimate goal. And as I'm going through the process, I'm noticing, ah, this is a really good, important life lesson for me, right? So when you're working with people and helping them through that change, think about not just the goal that they're trying to get after, but who are they becoming in the process, okay? Who are they becoming in the process? The process is the true learning not the result. It's like the result, the goal, is, is like a, a bow on a package, right? But the process and the learning that comes to get there is, is the gift, okay? So help your people by regularly kind of stopping and saying, you know, what are you learning throughout all this? Show them changes in their thinking, in their mindset, in how they're 
you know, perceiving themselves and others, because that's really, really important. Okay? All right, so let me give you some homework. So, of course, we're going to start with ourself first. Okay? So I, I'd like you to think about um, which one of those four fears is your biggest one that you struggle with, right? Which one kind of captured your attention? So think about um, which one is your important one and just do, you know, maybe three or four minutes of reflecting on that and take some notes for yourself. I don't know what's going to come out of that. It doesn't matter what the result is. Just spend some time thinking about that. All right. And for those of you who have clients or a staff member who you think might be willing to kind of explore this area a little bit, tell them the four fears and just ask them their thoughts. What's the one that captures their attention, right? That's it. There's no need to fix anything, okay? You're just discussing and exploring. That's it, okay? So, of course, feel free to email me at michelle at growbyone.com and let me know what you discover. I would love to know that. All right, so next week, I am so excited. I am going to share with you, next week's going to be part one because it's going to take us a couple weeks to get through it, but the physiology of fear. So what that is, is this is exactly what is happening in your brain and your body when fear shows up. Okay, so if you want to know more about what's actually going on inside of those people that you're helping walk through change, you're, you're not going to want to miss this call, okay? All right, so with that, I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, amazingly aware, persistently present, and confidently coaching the people in your personal and professional life. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week, and we'll catch you next Monday. All right, bye-bye.